Welcome to My Supernatural Vida. This is a podcast where I share the scriptures, breakthrough, healing, life lessons, and a bit of my favorite subject, the supernatural. I started this podcast because I knew that like me, there had to be others out there who thought that they might be crazy. Well, I'm here to tell you that you aren't crazy. You are supernatural. Let's be super together. Hello and welcome to My Supernatural Vida. This is the second part of the Overcoming Rejection series. And as promised, I am back to give you guys the tips that you need to overcome rejection. I am going to go a little bit off script to begin with. Um, As you guys can see, uh, those of you who are actually watching me on video, I just hopped on here. I'm I said, you know what, I need to go and I need to do the second part already. Forget what's going on in life. Forget everything else that's going on. If I'm going to wait for the perfect day and the perfect time, I'm never going to go back and finish. Um, Life just kind of chewed me up and spit me out there for a minute. But I need to come on here and I need to give you guys a second part because I... I'm a promised <laughs> deliverer. So, um, yeah, I'm wearing my Princess Leia chungles today. I didn't have time to do my hair, to do my makeup or anything. But here I am because I think that this is something important um, that I need to get out and I need to finish this series um, on overcoming rejection, guys. This is the most important part of of knowing what rejection is, is how to overcome it. Now that I know that this is what I'm dealing with, how do I overcome it? And I'm going to give you guys that today. Um, So the off script part that I mentioned to you guys is that I have come to the understanding over time, even now after I have overcome rejection myself, is that while we may have a lot of steps in my inner healing and all these things, methods that we uh, can have to overcome rejection and really to overcome anything really. Um, the number one thing, the most important thing that we can do to overcome rejection and to stay free of the rejection mindset is to renew our minds. Um, my mentor Ryan has this quote that, that, um, he says is the biggest battle we'll ever face is against the unrenewed areas of our thinking. And so obviously what we think is what it stems out of what we believe and how we live our lives and how uh, we behave, you know, even though I don't really, I'm not, I'm not condoning behavioral um, uh, changes or behavioral modification and no. But a lot of times the way that we behave or the things that we do, how we live our lives are a reflection of our thoughts or our belief system. So once that becomes renewed and um, we change the way that we think, um, everything else kind of just fixes itself. It's like a little chain reaction that starts in our minds. And um, I honestly believe that if I had known what I know now then, maybe I never even would have suffered with rejection or had to deal with it. But um, if we can get ourselves uh, in a place where our mind is totally renewed, um, you know, through scriptures and through correct theology, I think that rejection will pretty much just leave and never come back. Um, And that's because it's important to know who God is, right? Uh, who God is in our lives and that we come from him and that we were always a dream in God's heart from the beginning of of creation before that 
Um, and here we are today. So we don't have to struggle with thoughts of rejection or the rejection mindset, because we understand that we are perfectly loved by our heavenly father and that we were always a plan and that we are loved and accepted. And then when he sent us to this world, he sent us with a plan and a purpose and a hope and a future. And so everything else kind of just falls to the wayside, but also understanding the identity that we have within him. When he created us, he created only one of us. There's never going to be one of us ever again in all of time, in all of history, in all of eternity. There is only you, never again a repeat and never before one. So what does that mean? Is that you have a specific DNA, a specific purpose, a specific assignment might be kind of look like somebody else's might be a reflection of sort of kind of what somebody else is already doing, but nobody else can do what you do, how you do it or better right? Because only you can do it. And you begin to understand how important you are because you begin to know what your specific DNA is, not just um, what your identity is in Christ, because our identity in Christ is the same across the board for all of his children, but our identity at our core and at our DNA level, at, at what we carry on the inside of us that got put there when he planned us or when he dreamt of us, right? And, and sent us to the world at the time that he did, right? And so when we begin to understand that and we, we know that um, rejection is sort of just, it slides off. It's like like um, uh, my good friend who I've never met before and he doesn't even know me or that I call him friend, Joe Olsen likes to say like water off of a duck's back. And so y'all, if y'all are feeling down, if y'all are ever just feeling very pessimistic, y'all go listen to my brother, Joel Osteen. Okay. He's going to pick you right back up. There is a time when you need to listen to Joel Osteen and it's when you're feeling down. Let me tell you, he will spring you up. So anyway, when you, that's, that's it. Like if we could just get that down, forget about it, forget about it. Everything else just, just goes out the window. We don't need a step process. We don't need a list. We don't need a deliverance session and a healing session or or all the other stuff, which to be honest with you, I don't believe, and this is after much research and having been through this experience myself, I don't believe that rejection is a demon that you can just cast out. No, this is a very much something that requires your effort uh, to fix your own thinking, right? The renewal of the mind, the metamorphosis that Romans, uh, I think 12, one speaks of. We have to go through the process of renewing our minds when we are constantly bombarded with thoughts of rejection. And so if we can get that down, you can forget the rest, like I said, but I understand that sometimes we don't know where to start and we do need a process. We do need a step-by-step, -step, you know, kind of like, uh, you know, AA meetings or whatever, a step-by-step -step program or whatever. It's just something that I've ever been to an AA meeting. I don't even know why I said that. I imagine that's how they run. I don't know. Um, and I'm sorry if you've ever been to an AA meeting or you had to go through that and I'm totally like messing up the, what it's about, but sorry about that. Um, but sometimes we do need, we need a process. We need a step-by-step. -step. We need someone to lead us or to show us the way. And so that's my intention with you guys today. 
as I, I began to give you guys the process of overcoming rejection or, or what is the best practical way to do it if, you know, you are just in, in the beginning station, stages of renewing your mind and getting your theology straight. Um, if you can get your theology straight, which is basically um, pretty much at its essence is what you believe about God, um, you're good. Um, but I realized that there's a lot of people, and including me, that's where I came from, that thought, you know, God was angry at us, or God was just waiting to judge us, God was just waiting to rule something against us, or that, um, you know, we were filthy, dirty sinners um, in the hands of an angry God. And so when our theology is that way, it's not helping us. It's not it's not renewing us in our mind. It's really just leaving us where we were before Jesus came and, and finished the work on the cross. Um, which we, if, if we really can get that together, we'll understand that's not correct. That's not right. That's not a good God. That's not a good father. And so if in the, if you know by head knowledge that God is a good God, but you don't know that God is a good God by understanding, by um, heart knowledge, it hasn't sunk in yet that you truly completely believe it and you've there's been a converge convergen convergence <laughs> from my knowledge to heart knowledge um it's never going to click right you're just going to say i hear people say that god is a good god i read that god is a good god um and i think god is a good god but i don't really truly believe it yet because if i did it would be a reflection of that in my life but there isn't right and i'm still facing rejection i'm still thinking negative thoughts about myself i still have not learned how to love myself i still don't even want to love myself i don't even know i'm worthy of love those kind of things um will continue to be uh, played out in your life and in your thoughts um because you don't have the foundation your theology correct um, so I encourage you to do that. Start to find yourself, um, obviously reading the scriptures, but read the scriptures with the right lens on from the lens that God is a good God and he's always good and he's only good and he is love. And so whatever doesn't match with that in your interpretation of scriptures or in your understanding of scriptures, then you need to reread and you need to reread and you need to go back and back and back until you get it right. And also when we read our scriptures, we don't read just to check something off the list, but we read the scriptures to have an encounter with the author and to experience the love of God and the comfort and the the love of Holy Spirit and while we search for Jesus. So it sounds like a lot, but it really is not once you you comprehend that. Um, I like to say it's it's simple, but it's not easy, right? So if you're listening to somebody or you're going to a church where God is good, but he's also jealous, so he's going to judge you and he's going to punish you, or God is good, but... Um, the doomsday is coming. He's going to ruin all of creation. You might need to reevaluate what you're listening to and who you're giving um, headspace to, right? So moving on from that, guys, that's it's unscripted. Um, I am going to give you a list and I am going to give you a super practical, if you wanted to start today to um, just get rid of rejection, right? Or just to start um, cracking down on the rejection mindset. This is, these are the things that you could do. And so I'm going to share those, 
with you today. And the first one is identifying where the rejection came from. Uh, did it come from a mother womb, mother wound, a father wound, or family wounds, uh, or from friends, or from jobs? Like, where did it come from? There, a lie was planted somewhere. A seed of of rejection was planted somewhere. Where? And if you can identify where that came from, then you can start chipping away at it. Um, for me, you know, and I'm going to use my own experience. For me, the rejection came um, that I could identify was in my middle school years or, you know, going into the middle school time. Um, you know, I was getting bullied. Um, I was, you know, Friends were not sticking out for me like they said they would. Um, I was not uh, invited into th to things, or um, and that's where it came for um, that I could identify at first. But once I had, I pulled that string out, I the it just kept getting longer and longer, and I, I went back a little more, and so um, you know I, I identified that there was some favoritism. If you listen to way back my podcast, uh, I think it was like first or second episode um, of things parents do. Um, there was some favoritism where I felt like I was not as good as my sibling, um, because of something that my dad did. Right. And so that was just one tiny seed that grew. Right. And because that belief was planted into me, then it, uh, continued to perpetuate as time went on. And, you know, it, it repeated itself again. Um, that I can think of like in the military. It's a very uh, performance-based career. And so uh, when you don't, you know, you're not up to par or up to standard, which is very high, um, you get tossed out like a dirty rag. You know what I mean? You get an opportunity to try again. But as you can imagine, um, if you don't get it right the first time, you know, mentally what it does. So um, it, it did that again in my military career and then in my relationships. Um, and then it happened in the church and then it happened, uh, when I became a multi-level marketing, um, coach and, you know, people would tell me no, or I couldn't, I only got as far as I could before I had so much struggle growing, um, it just kept repeating itself. It was just, I kept coming up against obstacle after obstacle. And so I, but I was able to identify where it started and how it kept repeating itself. So how it continued to grow. And so once we're able to point that out, then we know what, what roots we need to yank out or what, um, what truth we need to insert there instead of the lie. Um, and then number two is identify the beliefs that are connected to them, um, you know, to those situations or to those, um, those moments where you experience rejection. Like I was never selected for the jobs I applied for. Why? Um, so then that means I'm never going to have a career, right? So that's a belief that was created out of that. Like, um, you know, I, I, could not advance in rank, therefore my career is doomed or I, I'm not ever going to have a career. Um, so that perpetuated itself again when I try, when I got out and I try to get another job or try to begin a new career. Um, and so there's a, another belief that's common is I'll never be good enough for that type of 
of job or I'll never be good enough for that thing or I'll never be good enough to do this here. I'll never be good enough for that guy or that girl or like to be married or to find a spouse. Whatever belief came out of that rejection, right? Like, um, like for me, it's like, if you think, if you go back, right, to the favoritism that was experienced in my childhood and it's like, well, um, you know, there was another favorite child or another child, you know, another one of my siblings was better than I was, then that going on in life, it's like someone else is always going to get selected over me, right? That's the belief that that created. Somebody else is always going to be better than me and I'm never going to have that that position or I'm never going to have that job. I'm never going to be favored. You get it? Um, I'm following along with what I experienced, okay? So then what do you do? Number three, you challenge it with the truth. So not getting hired for these jobs or not getting picked for this position or not being selected for that or whatever, or that award, whatever it is, does not mean that. What it actually means is that there's something, maybe something better for me, right? Maybe there is, uh, I, I was not going to be happy there. Maybe uh, I would have gone in a different path in the career that that's not what God had for me, right? And if I look back at, at it now, knowing what I know about my identity and what I know about God, I can I can uh, settle with that. I, that. It sits well with me when I when I realize that. Why? Because I'm here now doing what I what I'm doing now, and I'm I'm loving it. I'm you know I'm called to the family mountain. And I would not have been in that sphere if I had stayed where I was or if I'd gone in the direction where I was going. And so, you know, that I'm, I love my life now and I love what I get to do now. And I love the way that everything kind of just is working out and it's clicking, right? Um, I wouldn't be where I am today if all those things, you know, had gone the way that I was expecting them to go back then. And I had not experienced that rejection. Um, but you also challenge it with, you know, another example, it's like, um, of a lie. It's like, I'll never have a boyfriend, right? Or I'll never find a husband. I'll never get married or whatever. Well, is that really true? If you look back at your life, have you had a boyfriend before? Have you had a love interest before? Have you been in relationships before where you were loved and liked and welcomed? So those are evidences against that belief system right? It's like, uh, I don't think so, ma'am, because you have had a boyfriend before. Or ma'am, you have had a relationship that lasted two or three years. So don't tell me you can't have a boyfriend, right? So that's how we begin to hack away at that, at that root system is that we confront every lie with the truth about it. Um, Another one is, um, I guess I'll just never lose weight, right? That's one for me. And this is from a different stem of things, right? But just an example. Um, I'll, I'll just never lose weight. And it's like, if I believe that, then I'll never lose weight because I won't put in the effort or I'll self-sabotage. So how do I hack away at that lie? Right? How do we begin to, uh, maybe not hack away, but how do we begin to pull the root out from that lie? Well, you start to bring to light or to memory or to the forefront um, every time that you did lose weight, right? Every time that your efforts paid off and you lost five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds. Like for me, 
Um, I believe I'm never going to lose weight. I'm never, I'm always going to be stuck here where I'm, where I am. And it's like, well, if I think about it, that's not true because I always had to lose weight to, uh, to make weight in the military, right? Because we get checked every six months. I don't know if it's still the same. Um, and we have to weigh exactly, you know, at what they tell us to every age bracket is different and height and all that. Right? But our BMI has to be where it needs to be. So sometimes we were a little bit out. So guess what? We would put in the work and we would make weight. Um, or perfect example, and this is the one I always go back to, is that I used to weigh... I'm not going to give you a number because I don't want anybody to feel less or, or to be comparing. But I used to weigh 27 more pounds than I do now. And this was like a couple years after I had my daughter. I still was struggling to get the baby weight off and I kept it on. And then I dedicated myself. I took care of my of my nutrition. I went and I worked out. I started a program and I was tracking and I was active and I was doing what I needed to do. And I lost those 27 pounds. And until this day, while I may fluctuate 10 pounds above that where it'd be like, well, I've only lost 70 pounds. At the end of the day, that is still true. That did happen. I did lose 27 pounds, um, you know, on a really good day on a bad day, it's 17 pounds, right? A really bad day. Um, but I've always got that truth to go back to and pull on and say, no, don't lie to yourself and say that you're never going to be able to lose weight because you have done it before and you've kept it off. So what does it take for you to do it now is yank that lie out, Pull it from the root and stop self-sabotaging, which naturally will come, right? And it has. Um, so there we go. That's another example. So we're still at number three. Number four, forgive yourself. Oh my gosh. I think that when we do the forgiveness work, we always ought to start with ourselves because we bash ourselves, I think, more than anybody ever will in our lives because we just we blame ourselves. And as a mom, sometimes I have so much mom guilt. And why? I, I don't know. It's just, it happens. But we need to be able to forgive ourselves for every time that we messed up, for every time we fell for the lie, for every time that um, we self-perpetuated uh, rejection, right? Or even when we did self-rejection, um, you might not realize this, but you not holding true to your own boundaries is a form of self-rejection because you are not keeping true to the promises that you made for yourself for your better health, right? So that is a form of self-rejection. And sometimes we have to be, and well, always, we have to be able to forgive ourselves for the times where we were not strong enough to enforce that boundary uh, because it happens, it happens where we will sit there and we'll like ruminate about it. Like, how could I let this happen? Like, I already said I wasn't going to do that again. Or I wasn't going to allow this in my life again. And there I go again. Forgive yourself. You owe yourself nothing. And let it go. Think about it no more. Bury it. Um, forgive others. A hundred percent forgive others. Like, if you don't forgive other people for the rejection, for how they rejected you or how they treated you, you can't move on. You can't because it's always going to replay in your mind what they did to you and what they did to you. But if you have that transaction moment where it's like, boom, stamp, paid in full, you owe me nothing. I owe you nothing. We started with a blank check or uh, you know, a blank page. You can move on. You can start new. It's like 
the beginning of a new chapter with that person, even if you never open the book again. You get what I'm saying? Because a lot of times forgiveness does not mean re reconciliation. You can forgive, forgive people and let them go and never talk to them again. Just love them from a distance. That is totally fine. Never, ever mistake forgiveness for reconciliation. You, um, some people just are not safe to bring back around in your life. Um, and you know, in, in a matter of boundaries, some people are just not okay to have around and that's fine, but you can forgive them. You are able to forgive them and let them go. Now I like to say this, the, the environment, the creation, the atmosphere and God, most importantly, heard you the first time you released forgiveness. He said, I forgive that person. They heard you. But sometimes you have to hear yourself forgiving people more than once. Because you have to remind yourself that you already let it go. And so, and that's fine too. Right? If you have to, there have been people in my life who I've had to repeatedly forgive, forgive. Until finally one day it was like, you know what? I don't even think about them anymore. It doesn't bother me anymore. God, I wish them well. And that's it. That's just, I mean, again, one of those things that is very simple, but sometimes it's hard to do. And I understand that. Uh, number six, get in a healthy environment where people can affirm you, lead you, correct you in love and aren't constantly demeaning you. Um, these environments push you towards God's destiny and purpose for your life. <sighs> this is so important. This is so important. A lot of times when we are struggling with the rejection mindset, we will wedge ourselves in places where we don't fit. They, their DNA is not even remotely close to yours or a lot of times, and this is not to bash anybody or to make anybody feel less than, but it is true that sometimes you are more advanced in your spiritual journey in your spiritual life and your relationship with God, um, in your theology, whatever, than the people that you try to make yourself fit in with. And so they, they themselves are suffering with their own rejection. They themselves are suffering still, uh, with orphan mindsets or poverty mindsets or whatever. And so what, while you may be a little bit further ahead than they are, you might've already, you know, got rid of orphan mindsets, or you might already have gotten rid of poverty mindsets, but you're still struggling with another area, there's going to be clashing, right? So you have to be able to identify where you fit with people and, and where you fit and where you are, um, you know, affirmed and led and corrected in love. Going back to, um, they'll be able to lead you where God's purpose and destiny is for your life. Um, a lot of times, uh, I would share with, with, uh, the right people. I don't want to name any, any people, but I would share with the people who should be able to shepherd me the plans I had. Like I plan to take an inner healing and deliverance course because I feel led in that direction. You know, I was having a lot of dreams where I was ministering deliverance and healing for people. And so I shared with, with who I thought were the right people in my life. And I said, this is where I'm going. And these are my plans. And, um, they tried to talk me out of it and they, uh, actually scorned me for it. Um, and they lied about what the calling was, but they were not pushing me towards 
my destiny and my purpose. They were actually holding me back from it. Does that make sense? You know, when other people grow, you ought to feel excited and happy for them and actually feel like their growth made room for you. But if you feel like somebody else's growth and promotion has taken something away from you, that's an orphan mindset. So moving on. I think that's enough for number six. Number seven is begin to believe all the amazing things people say about you. Oh, and oh my gosh, this is a bonus. Take the dang compliment. Like, oh, I've had so many times, this was back then, where people would tell me, oh, you're so pretty. And I'm I'm not trying to say like, I'm so pretty. I'm not like boasting on myself, but people would say, you're so pretty. I love that outfit. Or man, like I used to do photography. I love those photos are great. I couldn't handle it. Like it was like, I have to say something back about them. Like, man, you're so beautiful too. Like, well, you're way more talented than me. And like, while that may be true, there's times where you just need to be able to take the compliment and just believe it. Believe that you are freaking amazing and awesome and one of a kind. And there is nobody in this world ever before till this day or after will ever be someone better than you like this, because you are meant to do exactly what you are good at and what that skill is or whatever that you are shining and excelling at. So take the compliment, like take the amazing things that people are telling you about who you are and what you do and how well you do it and receive it and hold it dear in your heart because they're compliment complimenting God's creation because really God created you that way. So just receive it and take it and and, and then in another time, if you feel like complimenting them, compliment them as well. That's another giveaway too. When, um, you know, that somebody is struggling with rejection when they are not able, they are not able for anything in the world. Because like I remember I told you guys before that, um, an attribute of, of the rejection mindset or a symptom of the rejection mindset is jealousy and envy, right? So, you know, when somebody is struggling with rejection is when everybody else will compliment you and congratulate you and cheer you on. But there's this one person who ought to be able to freely do that for you. Just can't, they can't get around to send you a happy birthday or a congratulations or a job well done because they envy you or they're jealous of you. And again, it has nothing to do with you. It has nothing to do with anything that you did right or wrong. It's just something that they're struggling through and something that they need to get through. So maybe not hold it against them, but also kind of just watch yourself. <laughs> There's nothing else to say about it. Just kind of watch yourself, right? I mean, we've seen a lot of cases of envy and jealousy in the Bible, Cain. You know what I'm saying? And just kind of slow down a little bit with, with the people that you notice, uh, are like that with you. Um, you know, they, you know, their time will come when they'll also realize that they have something that they have to deal with just like it did for us. And God bless them when it comes to that point. All right. So number eight, tell the enemy that he can go kick rocks. And I don't even know where this came from. I think I was just feeling feisty there at the end of this list is tell the enemy to go kick rocks. Cast down every lie that he throws at you. Jesus makes you valid. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm not receiving that. You get a thought. A thought comes at you. Boom. Bounce it off. Put on that helmet of salvation, baby. Um, and be able to, to uh, 
know who you are in in Christ, that righteousness. Put on your your, um, breastplate, right? It's that righteousness piece where you know, I know who I am. I know that I'm good and I am righteous and I am holy and I am redeemed and I am whole and I am everything in a bag of chips because God says I am. I have this joke where it's like, you know what? If God has a refrigerator, your art project is on it. (laughs) Like we do with our kids, right? I do that with my kids. Uh, When they bring me a project that they did at school, I put it on the fridge. You know, because I'm displaying something that they did and I am proud of them for what they did because they had this skill that they put their hands to and they created something and that they were proud enough to bring to me, right? I think God is the same way. If God has a refrigerator, your best creation or even your sloppiest creation is sitting on there because he is proud of you and everything that you do. He loves you like a mother loves her child, right? And it's the same way that God loves you. And so when the enemy tries to throw something at you that is not in line with what God says about you, he can go kick rocks, get rid of that thought right away, reject it. Um, It is tempting sometimes when we are in the process of healing to want to sit in that thought or to want to sit in that emotion or that feeling. Um, And, you know, you might want to, I don't know, maybe don't let it take over your life or your day or or even steal a day from you right it's like let's just let it go say no that's not what god says i am so when we see people struggling with things like rejection with the orphan mindset or even with the poverty mindset um that's not the final word right the final word is not that they're that they're rejected that they're orphans or that they have a a a poverty issue. No, the final word is that they're accepted because that's what God says, right? That's the finished work. Um, the final word is that they're sons, kings, queens, daughters, and fathers and mothers, right? The final word is that they have hope and that they have a future and that they are abundant and favored. That's the final word. Not what we are seeing in the surface. So a lot of times... We may be discerning correctly, but we're not discerning the truth. So when we see somebody going through something, we might be discerning correctly, which we know the issue, but the truth is something else. And I went off a little bit extra than I wanted to in this area, but I really felt like I wanted to share what was on my heart with you guys today in this subject because rejection ruled uh, my life for many, many, many years. It really is something that we need to deal with. If you have identified today or even through last podcast that rejection is something that you are dealing with, it is important for your future and it is important for you to begin to work on it right now for the destiny that you carry and the promises that are living on the inside of you, for them to be able to to be lived out and with the least amount of resistance as possible, we need to deal with our rejection mindset and the rejection issues that we have in our life. And there's no shame in it if you've identified that you have it, because I'm going to tell you right here, right now, that it is something that almost everybody is going to have to deal with at one point in their life, because we've all been told no. We've all been told no many times. Some of us have have faced rejection in the ways that are not cool, um, you know, by our parents or our family or or our people close to us. 
Um, and I think that is when we, we experience pain out of it because it's coming from a personal space or from a personal place. Um, but anyway, you guys, thank you so much for joining me today. I really do appreciate that you have given me your time. And if this message blessed you, share it with somebody you love. And don't forget to follow us here on whatever platform you're listening to us. Give us a rating. Find me at Instagram at mysupernatural underscore Vida and on Facebook by the name of My Supernatural Vida. Peace out. Well, our time together is up. If this message has blessed you, I ask that you share it with somebody you love. Like the podcast, rate it, or follow. I also pray as you go that the Lord would bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you. Amen. Until next time, goodbye.